Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a football Thursday game preview edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. The Tennessee Titans take on the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday night football. And I'm going to get you ready to go with a comprehensive game preview. I'm going to start with my big picture keys to victory for offense and defense. Then we're going to zoom in, look at the individual battles and the individual players that I will be watching in this game. Finally, we will cap off the show with my game and score prediction. I have an updated version for you guys based on the injury report that came out on Wednesday. We're going to go over those injuries while also hitting on some fantasy, some gambling, and take a look at the AFC slate in Week 16 to let you know who the Tennessee Titans should be rooting for. So all of that and much more on a game preview edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it! You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Titans fans, it is a Thursday night football game preview. I'm going to dive into my big picture keys to victory for the Titans on offense and defense to start. Before we get into that, though, do got to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. If this is your first ever listen to the Locked On Titans podcast, just know I am bringing the heat Monday through Friday, not only during the season, but all year long. So make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. Check out the podcast on video on the Locked On Titans YouTube channel. Subscribe over there. Smash that notification bell so you know when all of my content goes live. If you're watching on YouTube right now, throw a thumbs up on there and hit that like button. Also, check me out on social media, on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans. You can't miss all the film work and film breakdowns that I do on Twitter. Check out the show Facebook page at Locked on Titans Pod. With all that housekeeping out of the way, let's dive into this Thursday night football game preview. My big picture, keys to victory. We'll start on the offensive side of the ball. It is simple. This is the biggest key to victory of them all for the Titans. Don't turn over the freaking ball. The Titans have turned over the ball 13 times. In three of their last four games total, of course, obviously they're not turning over the ball 13 times every game, but it feels like that. So the Titans cannot turn over the ball. And when you look at San Francisco, when San Francisco does not win the turnover battle, so whether they lose the turnover battle or they're even in the turnover battle, they're two and six on the year. So the Titans cannot afford to turn over the ball because if they have zero and San Francisco has zero, That means that the Titans have a really good chance, have a 75% chance to win the game based on the historical data from San Francisco. Also worth noting, San Francisco is top 10 in the NFL in fumbles. They fumbled the ball 10 times, so the Titans will have the opportunity to turn over San Francisco. So the Titans offense cannot kill them again for a third time in a month or for a fourth time in a month. And and turn over the ball. The Titans just cannot afford to do that. Also on offense, it is all about pass protection. I have faith that the Titans will be able to run the ball. 
I have faith in that. They were able to run the ball on New England. They were able to run the ball at will against the Steelers, able to run the ball when they needed to against Jacksonville. The Titans can still run the ball, but what they can't do is they can't throw it. And the reason why is they don't have any time. Even when the Titans run play action, teams are blitzing so heavily. I talked about the stats all week about Ryan Tannehill and the amount of time or lack thereof that he has to throw the ball. I documented it very in-depth in my Tic Tac Titans film breakdown thread on Twitter this week. So you can check that out on Twitter. You can go back and listen to the previous podcast from the week. It's well documented from me this week. The lack of time that Ryan Tannehill has in the pocket. And now you add in that they're going up against Nick Bosa, who is one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. We'll talk about him more in the individual segment. But the San Francisco 49ers as a team are 11th in the NFL with 36 sacks. So they get it done. Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw. You got, of course, well, Javon Kinlaw's hurt, but you got Bosa on one side, Armstead on the other. They're going to wreak havoc in the backfield. And I know we're going to talk injuries closer to the end of the show, but got to mention, Roger Saffold placed on the COVID list, and Taylor Lewan ruled out for this game. The Titans will have their backup offensive lineman on the left side to go along with the worst starting tackle in the NFL on the right side in Questenberry, along with Nate Davis, who's massively struggled this year in pass protection. The Titans are in trouble. If they can't protect Ryan Tannehill, and it's going to be quite the task. They're going to have A.J. Brown and have Julio Jones in this game. I know it's crazy. We'll talk about it more in a second. But when you have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, those are the only two people that should be going out on routes. Every other person, all seven other people other than Tannehill, should be staying in the block. Well, all eight people. The two wide receivers, Ryan Tannehill, and then eight people should be in to block in this game because the Titans just cannot afford to have the pass protection let them down again. So no turnovers and protect Ryan Tannehill. Dear God, Ryan Tannehill, have an ambulance on speed dial on this one, buddy. I'm so sorry. I'm so worried about Ryan Tannehill's health. He's the only Titan that hasn't gone, the only major Titan that hasn't gone down so far this year on offense. Please, God, Ryan Tannehill, make it out of this game alive. I'm scared for you, buddy. Uh, On the defensive side of the ball, for the Titans, it's simple. Stop the run, especially the perimeter runs with Debo Samuel for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, their starting running back, Elijah Mitchell, was out in this game. But let's be honest, Kyle Shanahan has been getting random guys off the street to run for 100 yards his entire career. I could get 100 yards running in a Kyle Shanahan system. Now, that's a bit of hyperbole, but you guys know what I mean. They seem to pluck running backs out of nowhere, and then all of a sudden they're a fantasy stud for a few weeks. So the Titans have to stop the run no matter who's in the backfield, whether it be Jeff Wilson, whether it be Debo Samuel himself. In San Francisco's eight wins this year, they've averaged 148.7 rushing yards. In their six losses, they've averaged 97 rushing yards. So the message is clear. Also. San Francisco hasn't won a game where they rushed for less than 100 yards all season long. So if you could keep San Francisco under 100 rushing yards, the Titans should have a great chance to get the 49ers in third and long situations where they're 38.4% converting on their third down opportunities. You get Jimmy Garoppolo in third and longs because you stop the run and you will force turnovers and you will beat San Francisco. Can the Tennessee Titans do it? The other key to victory on the defensive side is red zone defense. San Francisco is number one, the best 
Red zone offense in the NFL, 73.8 of their red zone opportunities are turned into touchdowns. You cannot let this team run the ball, get third and short, third and manageable, and drive down the field because they once they get in the red zone, Kyle Shanahan is going to get touchdowns. And the Titans' formula has been, mostly throughout the year, they're going to drive from 30 to 30, 20 to 20. When we get in the red zone, we're going to make stops. Well, that's not going to work against San Francisco. They're going to have to prevent them from getting into the red zone. But that is my keys to victory on offense and defense. We're going to move into the individual portion of the show, zoom in and take a look at the battles that will determine this game before we get into that. Do got to tell you guys about Stat Hero. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better, but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you against the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup where the winner takes all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineup before you play, and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of fantasy sports and sports betting has Stat Hero players clocking four times better odds. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you're in control of the stakes, so you decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero, head-to-head, is what daily fantasy should be. One-on-one. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Titans fans, we are going to continue this Thursday night football game preview edition of the Locked on Titans podcast by discussing my individual players to watch the battles that I am looking for in this game. We just talked about my big picture keys to victory on offense and defense. On offense, no turnovers, protect Ryan Tannehill. On defense, stop the run, play good red zone defense. Don't even let San Francisco get to the red zone for that matter. But now let's look at the individual battles I'm watching and The news about Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold broke kind of late. When I originally did my notes for the episode, and we will start on the offensive side of the ball, the big matchup that I was watching was David Questenberry against Nick Bosa. Now, Nick Bosa splits his time between the left and the right. He lines up over the right tackle. He lines up over the left tackle. It's almost split down, down the middle, both of the snap counts, are in the 300. So uh, they're going to move Bosa around to get the best matchup possible. Now, originally, I thought that was going to be against David Questenberry because Questenberry has allowed the most sacks of any tackle in the NFL with 11. He's allowed the sixth most pressures in the NFL by any tackle with 41. He's allowed the second most quarterback hits of any tackle in the NFL with 11. So why would they not put Bosa on top of Quest? Well, now... There's an even worse offensive tackle on the field, and his name is Kendall Lamb. And if one of those tackles gets hurt, that means we're going to see our boy Dylan Raidens. And dear God, I am scared to see Lord Raidens play against Nick Bosa. Either way, the tackles 
will have to find a way, along with the tight ends. The Titans have to double-team Bosa all game, and they can't do stupid stuff like they did against the Steelers where they let Michael Pruitt or Anthony Ferkser or Jeff Swaim go one-on-one on Bosa like they did Watt. You cannot have a tackle one-on-one against the best pass rushers in the NFL. Todd, wake up. You can't do it. And if a play calls for that to happen, you can't run that play. I'm sorry. Can't do it, Todd. So the big matchup to watch is going to be Nick Bosa against the Titans tackles Kendall Lamb (laughs) or David Questenberry. Again, my theme for the day. I'm so sorry, Ryan. Please keep the ambulance on speed dial. Get this man extra padded shoulder pads, two rib plates, two back plates. I mean, hell, get the guy a bulletproof vest. I am scared to death for Ryan Tannehill's health in this game. So, Bosa against either tackle for the Titans. Please, God, give them help. Please. I didn't see a lot of chipping from the tight ends or the running backs last week because nobody gets open. So, Ryan Tannehill has to have his dump-off option or he's screwed. But you can't have a dump-off option if you leave the back end to block. So, it's catch-22 for the Titans, and it didn't get any better from the injury report. The other matchup has got to be A.J. Brown against whatever cornerback the 49ers decide to put on. Now Julio's out there, so that really helps out. But either it's going to be Aubrey Thomas, who has been targeted 16 times, giving up 13 catches for 250 yards and two touchdowns, or it's most likely going to be Josh Norman, who's been targeted 53 times, giving up 36 catches for 503 yards, five touchdowns, and one interception. All of those categories, catches, yards, touchdowns, Norman is the top of the top for San Francisco. So attack an older cornerback like Josh Norman that has no business guarding A.J. Brown. None whatsoever. And if they put Aubrey Thomas on A.J. Brown to put the older, slower Josh Norman on Julio, well then, my God, A.J. Brown, you better tear it up, which is why the pass protection is so critical. Eight people in the block. I don't care. As long as we got A.J. Brown and Julio Jones running routes, One of them is going to get open against these cornerbacks. So I would target a lot of throws on the sideline so that you don't bring the safeties and the middle linebackers into the pass coverage equation. Just keep it one-on-one on on the perimeter. A.J., Julio versus the cornerbacks. They have to win that matchup. Now with the offensive line, what it is, if they don't win that matchup, the Titans have no chance to even score a point. So that's what I'm watching for there on the defensive side of the ball. Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, Naquan Jones have to win on the interior against the guards of San Francisco. San Francisco has a really good offensive line. If you go look at their pro football focus grades as a team, they don't have a single area of grading where they're poor. They are good across the board. But on their offensive line, the real strengths are the tackles. Okay, so you have Tom Compton. And then you have Trent Williams, the best offensive lineman in the NFL this year. He is incredible. Alex Mack at center, also a very good player. But at guard, Lincoln Tomlinson, the left guard, is a pretty good player. But he's not the player those other three guys are. Uh, Brunskill at right guard is really where the Titans should be lining up Jeffrey Simmons to attack. Brunskill has given up 32 pressures. Tomlinson has given up 20 pressures. Those two players have given up 43% 
of the total pressures for San Francisco with a revolving door of offensive linemen throughout the year. So the Titans have to win on the interior, especially because here's the thing. If the Titans stop the run, they get Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers offense in the third and long. Then that allows the pressure to pin their ears back and get to the quarterback. But to do that, you got to win. And I don't know if we're going to get consistent wins against the tackles. So for me, the consistency in the pass rush has to come from the interior. I would also look for the Titans to get back to using those loop stunts where they have Harold Landry and Bud Dupree on the outsides on the edges, and then they loop inside and come through the A-gaps. Those are going to be important because then you're getting your best pass rushers off of those tackles and into the interior and take advantage of the weakness. So I would like to see a big comeback of some of those loop stunts that we've seen from the Titans with their NASCAR package. People like to call it that. I think it's silly. Uh, it was called the NASCAR package for the Giants because they used four defensive ends. That's why it was called NASCAR. So don't call the Titans uh, Dupree, Landry, Simmons, Autry. That's not a NASCAR package. Those aren't four defensive ends. Autry and, and Simmons are better interior players. They're more defensive tackles than anything. So that never made sense to me, but that's a totally different tangent for a different day. So win that battle. And then George Kittle. And not just the passing game, in the run game. Kittle's a great blocker. He's probably the best blocking tight end that's also a receiving threat. They're going to be blocking tight ends that are better, but they're just blocking tight ends. You know what I mean? So... If you look at a do-it-all tight end, Kittle's probably the best blocker of the bunch. So Landry and Dupree on the edge, they can't let Kittle win those battles in the blocking game and the run game. And then when we do get to the passing game, a big miss for the Titans, Elijah Molden's going to be out of this game. He's on the COVID reserve list. Molden is the early down run-stopping slot cornerback. And I thought the Titans would have really focused on playing nickel package on defense because they trust Elijah Molden to play as a linebacker in run defense. But he also has speed and has been matching up with tight ends recently so he could maybe take Kittle on early down. But now, without Molden, Chris Jackson may be back. Buster Screen is available, but neither of those dudes are good on rundowns in the slot. That's why when the Titans have Molden healthy, they never play Screen or Jackson in the slot on early downs because they're not good in the run game. They're not good run defenders. They're not going to be able to deal with the physicality of George Kittle, so I'm very worried about that. Hopefully, Dan Crookshank's been back for a few weeks, but the Titans really haven't used him very much. He's been under 10 snaps on defense two weeks in a row. I need to see a lot of George Kittle against Dane Crookshank in this game. The Titans need Crookshank to reestablish himself as that dime linebacker, that run, not run down, but that pass down linebacker who can match up one-on-one -on -one against tight ends. The Titans are going to need Crookshank to use that six foot one, 210-pound frame to match up with Kittle. That's where he really made a big impact for the Titans defense early in the year. He needs to get back to that, and they need it in this game. So those are the matchups that I'm watching. The tackles against Bosa. A.J. Brown against whatever cornerback they decide to put on him. Autry and Simmons against Brunskill and Tomlinson. Crookshank, Landry, and Dupree against Kittle. We are going to move into my game and score prediction. We're going to talk fantasy. We're going to talk gambling. We're going to talk the injury report. And we're going to take a look at the AFC slate in Week 16 and talk about the Titans' rooting interest. Super Bowl 56 is at SoFi, and it's less than 100 days away. On location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolf 
Gang Puck. Visit on location exp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's on location exp slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. Also, want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports action this holiday season. Head to their website right now. You can use your desktop or your mobile device. Sign up, and when you do, use the promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So whether it be football, basketball, pro, or college, NHL, boxing, UFC, or even your favorite Vegas casino games, head to betonline.ag and don't wait to take advantage of all their amazing offers this holiday season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Titans fans, we are going to cap off this Thursday night football game preview edition of the Locked On Titans podcast with my game and score predictions, some fantasy, some gambling, all kinds of things here. I went over my keys to victory for the Titans on offense and defense to start, talked about the individual players to watch and the battles to watch. Now, let's get into the game and score prediction. Before we do, got to thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. As for your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and Handicap expert Lee Sterling. They're going to give you daily picks, upset favorites, Lee Sterling's lock of the day. That's the Locked On Bets podcast presented by betonline.ag. You can find it wherever you stream your podcast. So starting with my game and score prediction. So on yesterday's crossover Wednesday with Brian Peacock, my prediction was 16 to 10. But now we know that Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold are going to be out of this game. So the entire left side of the offensive line is backups. And I don't know if you guys remember, but the last time we saw Kendall Lamb, he came in for one play and gave up a huge sack a couple weeks ago. And then Lewan came back in. So I am not feeling very confident in the Titans' offensive line. The pass protection was the biggest issue last week, along with the turnovers. I don't see how the pass protection is going to get any better. And you have a guy like Boso who's just as good as Watt, so, I don't see how we think things are going to be any better. The Titans, if you take out the Jacksonville game, which Jacksonville isn't even an NFL team, guys, come on. If you take out the Jacksonville game, the Titans haven't scored more than 13 points in five weeks. So, I don't see how they score more than 13. And with the injuries on the offensive line, I'm not 100% certain how they equal 13. So, I'm going to go back to the well. Same prediction that I had last week. And even though my score wasn't right last week, I had 23-10. to 10. It ended up being 19-13. The game played out exactly how I thought it would. I haven't patted my back on that all week long because I'm not happy about it. But it's the truth. I said the Titans were going to turn over the ball. There was going to be mad pressure on Ryan Tannehill all game. And it was going to prevent them from being able to have a passing offense. So, even if they run the ball down the opponent's throat like they did in New England and Pittsburgh, it doesn't matter. You can't play one-handed. Everybody's in the comments. Why'd they go away from the run? Because you can't run the ball every single play. All the times where people are mad that they went away from the run, if you look, the previous runs before that, they didn't get very many yards. Everybody was mad in the, in the red zone when the Titans got a field goal, but the Titans got three total yards on runs 
with their combined two run plays. When you get in the red zone, things tighten up. It's harder to run the ball. So they can't just run the ball every single play. That's not going to work. This isn't a snowstorm in Buffalo like New England. And the Titans' offensive line isn't going to be good enough to do that without LeWan and Saffold. So I see two turnovers. I see an inability to play offense. I see those two turnovers turning into touchdowns for the 49ers. Uh, I'm going to call this game 23-10. to 10. San Francisco wins by 13. And that brings us to the gambling portion of today's show. The Titans are three-point underdogs at home. No way I'm touching that. No way I'm touching that. I would take San Francisco minus three if I felt inclined to place a bet at betonline.ag. The over-under is 44. I'm taking an under on this one. Thursday night football games tend to start slow because guys' bodies aren't ready to go after the short week. And I don't think it's going to be high scoring anyways, even if it was a Sunday game. So all that combined, I got to take the under on the points. I know a lot of you guys are giving scores and giving your own predictions. How in the world can you watch the Titans for the last five weeks and think that they're going to score 23 or 27 points? That's asinine. There's nothing but blind faith that could lead you to that prediction and that, that many points. You just have to have blind faith. And guys, if you listen to the program for a long time, you know that that's just not how my brain works. If I don't see something happen, I can't predict it to happen just because I want it to. That's not how it works. It's just not how it works. I want the Titans to win, but how can I see what they've done over the last five weeks and see the injury to Lewan and Saffold and think, oh yeah, they'll finally get it together and score more than 20 points against a real NFL team? There's just no way that I'm predicting that. I'm not putting my money on that. So 23-10, to 10, not taking the Titans line, taking the under on the over-under, as for fantasy, um, San Francisco is the eighth best matchup for wide receivers. They give up about 23.6 points per game on average to wide receivers. They're the 18th best matchup for quarterbacks, 28th best matchup for running backs, 32nd best matchup for tight ends. I'm not playing any Tennessee Titan in this game. Period. And I know that it sounds nuts, and you probably have to play A.J. Brown if you have A.J. Brown. If you made it to the playoffs and have A.J. Brown, great job. You found a way. That's crazy. But I'm not playing any Tennessee Titan in this game. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they score three points and don't get a touchdown all day. Like, I almost predicted 23-3. to But the Titans will find a way to get one touchdown eventually. Um, you just have to think so. But I don't really see this being a close game. I don't. And like I said last week, I'm more than happy to be wrong. I would rather the Titans win and be wrong than be right, but I just don't see it. Based on what I see on the tape, based on what I see from the Titans' offense, they're going to kill the game. They're going to. It's just where they're at right now with the offensive line and the pass protection. Um, So I'm not playing any Titans. Going into the injuries. So there are four Tennessee Titans who are out of this game. Taylor Lewan, David Long. What the heck happened to David Long? Good thing they got Zach Cunningham. Lorel Murchison, eh, okay. I feel great with the Titans' defensive line rotation right now. But Roger Saffold is out of this game, not for injury reasons, but he was placed on the COVID list. And I got to tell you, if there's a silver lining here at all, Saffold has barely been able to finish games all year long. Let that man sit out for 10 days. Let him sit out for 14 days, you know, before he gets back. Now, going on the COVID list now, He should be able to be elevated off the COVID list by, you know, next Sunday, the game against the Dolphins. But more importantly, the Titans need Saffold to be healthy 
going into the postseason. So whatever it takes to get that man to finish a game, that's what they need to do. So silver lining here, hopefully he doesn't experience any COVID symptoms and he can use this time to get his shoulder and his body right because the Titans will need him for this final push. Uh, Julio Jones is in though. Like I said, A.J. Brown looks like he's going to be in as well. It's kind of crazy. Julio didn't practice the first two days, but then practiced on Wednesday. Full participant. So let me just say this real quick. If the Titans, if Julio was healthy enough to play in the game against the Steelers in the second half, and they took him out and said it was for injury reasons to justify not playing him in the second half to rest him because they thought they had the game in hand, I mean, that would be bad. And I got to tell you, it looks like that's what Mike Vrabel did in in week Four against the Jets. He could have played AJ and Julio, but he didn't because he thought they could win without him. And he may have just been brash enough to think that they could have closed out that game against the Steelers without Julio in the second half to not risk hurting him. And it backfired and blew up in his face. So that's kind of my theory right now, if I'm honest with you. That's what I believe. So I'll let you make your own determinations. I have no proof. That is just my theory. But finally, looking at the AFC slate for the week and the Titans rooting interest. Indianapolis goes to Arizona. On Saturday night, Arizona's without DeAndre Hopkins. They're coming off a loss to the Lions. I have zero faith that Arizona's going to win that game, but by God, the Titans need it. By God, the Titans need it. I mean, that game right there, if Arizona can win, is bigger than anything that happens to the Titans in their game. Because if the Colts lose, the Titans only have to win one game the rest of the year to win the division. And they get to play the Texans in Week 18 and could have Henry back. So. I would rather the Colts lose than than anything else in this week. So, um, Baltimore, and that would just get Indy's chemistry off, man. They are playing lights out right now. Baltimore is at Cincinnati, and I know that we've been rooting for Baltimore to lose all year, but now Cincinnati needs to lose because Cincinnati has a 6-3 AFC conference record. The Titans have a 6-4 AFC conference record. So, even if the Titans lose, it doesn't hurt their conference record. But if Cincinnati loses, they go to 6-4, and four, so they're at least tied with the Titans on that note, and it keeps them in it. Baltimore has a 5-5 five and five conference record, so if the Titans were to tie with Baltimore in the standings, the Titans are going to win that tiebreaker over them based on conference record. But again, Cincinnati 6-3, so if they win, their conference record is 7-3, which is one game better than the Titans, so the Titans wouldn't have the tiebreaker over Cincinnati if they inevitably, or if they happen to, tie record-wise at the end of the year. So we are rooting for Baltimore in that game based on conference record. Buffalo is at New England. Look, the next two games, Buffalo at New England, Pittsburgh at Kansas City. If those teams win and the Titans win, the Titans are right back with the number one seed. So got to root for Buffalo against New England. Got to root for Pittsburgh against Kansas City. And I know that Pittsburgh against Kansas City doesn't seem very hopeful to get Pittsburgh to win. But Kansas City is having a major COVID issue right now. And they'll probably be without Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. So with that in mind, Pittsburgh can absolutely win that game without the Chiefs' offensive stars. So there is hope that Buffalo and Pittsburgh win. The Titans win their game. And the Titans sit atop of the AFC once more by the end of the week. So that that would be absolutely fantastic, obviously, because then New England would have six losses. Kansas City would have five, but the Titans have the tiebreaker over Kansas City with head-to-head and conference record. So we are rooting for Arizona. We are rooting for Baltimore. We are rooting for Buffalo, and we are rooting for Pittsburgh. 
And then, of course, rooting for the Titans, but I am a tad concerned about that. But that is going to do it for my Thursday night football game preview. I'm going to be back with you guys immediately after the game on Thursday night. I'm going to be up. 1 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast, recording pods, getting it out. So if you're somebody who likes to stay up late, there will be a show on YouTube. If not, wake up in the morning with me as I recap everything that happened in that game. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans. Locked on Titans.